Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Welcome to Death Do Us Part Podcast, hosted by my wife, Jamie. Hello. And myself, Mark. Welcome. I just slashed the guitar. <laughs> Guys, we got music. Yep. Woo-woo. That was me. I got a bum left arm, but that I think we're going to keep as our intro music. Yeah. Let us know if you like it. Oh, there's another song, too, that Laura told me about that I forgot to play for you, so... Oh. I'll have to do that. Okay. Well, I I like this one. I, I do, too. I'm playing it. I do, too. I was shredding guitar. You were. Okay, good yeah. talk. Um, <laughs> so it's finally not shitty out. Yeah. Which I, is good, because yes. it's been like a week. Yeah. It's been fucking terrible. Yes, it has been. It's actually sunny out. It's nice. Got yeah. the blinds open. I know. I'm about to put sunglasses on. Yeah, that's what I usually do. Yeah. I gotta look cool, you know? I know. That's my thing, even though no one's watching us yet. I mean, I can see you. True. So, there's that. Mm-hmm. I have to look at you. You do. Just saying. All right, episode 15. So, not the West Memphis part one, because I forgot all my shit at work the other day when I went to do it. So Yeah, you did. I did. So this is um, a request we actually had from my sister-in-law. She brought it up. And then it was funny because the very next day, Tony brought it up. Yeah. So. Okay. It's a case out of Minnesota. Okay. It's very, um, it goes very much by dates. Ooh. So there is a lot of dates. Not that you have to remember, but I... Put them all in there to, to show how long it took for everything. Yeah. There's a reason that I did that, but it's it's very dated. It's also um, pretty graphic. 
Mm. So trigger warning, it is um, child murder, child rape. Oh, jeez. So, yeah, it's it's a pretty heavy one. But good came out of it. Yeah, so. I was going to say some good did come out of it, yeah, though. So that's so. why I thought maybe, yeah, like, <clears throat> let's do this one. Because a lot, a lot of stuff came out of it. Yeah. Because of it. So... Are you putting your sunglasses on? I am. You. I think you need to tilt your mic a little up higher. Better? Yeah, thank you for smacking your lips. Well, I was drinking. Go, 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 go. Better? Yeah, okay. so it's not pointed at your boobs. It wasn't. It was. Oh, my God. Sunglasses are on. I know. I, I kind of want to put a pair on. Mm. Whatever. <laughs> You're not as cool as me. Sorry. I am. They're just too far for me to reach. Nah, Whatever. I feel your pain. No, no, you don't. No, I don't. Not I don't even care. a little. Like, I got mine. I'm good. Whatever. <laughs> um, all right. Let's go for it. All right. You ready? <clears throat> so this is the... What were you going to say? Uh, just clearing my throat. Oh. Thank you for your consideration, though. Well, because you always bitch at me for interrupting you, so I figured you, you were going to bitch at me for interrupting yeah, you. Yeah, you definitely do, but uh, <laughs> I was just clearing my throat. A little flummy. All right. Are you ready? Are you done? Are you ready? I think I'm ready. Okay. So this is the hey, case. Hey, babe. I'm going to fucking punch you in the face. <laughs> Sorry. Of <laughs> Jacob Wetterling. Does this sound familiar? No? No. Okay, so this is out of Minnesota. Um... So in January of 1989, six days shy of his 13th birthday. Ah, yes, this does. I actually learned this last semester in school. Do you know this part, though? Because this is a part that, yeah, Tony didn't know this part either. No. Okay, so can you shut up now? So I will shut up. Cool. Okay. Uh, So six days shy of his 13th birthday, 12-year-old Jared... Shreel, I believe, and I'm probably butchering that, so I apologize. Um, he was walking home from the local skating rink in Cold Springs, Minnesota. He stopped at a cafe for a malt, and at about 9.45, a man pulled up in his car and asked for directions. The fuck is a malt? Uh, like a shake, but with malt powder. Sounds disgusting. Do but... you like Whoppers? Oh, candy, no. Whopper. Yeah, that's oh. like malt. That's like a malted candy. Oh, that's disgusting. Uh, but, but you've never had one? No, but I've had Whoppers. and. Yeah, it's, I don't know, maybe it's like an acquired taste. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah. Like Easter egg candy tastes like that, too. What Easter egg candy? The stuff my mom would get. I don't know what you're talking about. It, it always tasted like those malt balls. It probably was the Whoppers, but like egg-shaped. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah. Ugh. So he stopped for a malt on the way home. And uh, about 9.45, a man pulled up in a car and asked him for directions. While Jared was talking to the man, the man with a low, raspy voice forced Jared into the car. The man was wearing fatigues and had a scanner in his car. Mm. With a commanding demeanor, The man said he had a gun and he wasn't afraid to use it. Jared was then sexually assaulted. After the assault, the man told Jared to run and not look back or he would shoot. 
this went unsolved for years despite a person of interest. Hmm. And who is? I'm not telling you yet. Okay. Um, so fast forward now. Yeah. So Jacob was born Jacob Irwin Wetterling on February 17th of 1978. His parents were Patty and Jerry Wetterling. He did have uh, a sister named Amy, a sister named Cameron, and a brother named Trevor. He was born in Long Prairie, Minnesota, and raised in St. Joseph. So we're going to fast forward to October 1989, Sunday, October 22nd, 1989. Jacob was at home with his siblings, Trevor and Cameron, and a friend of theirs, Aaron Larson. I have to move around because I feel like I'm sitting funny. Okay, I feel better, kind of. What the fuck was that? I don't know, but I... Just stood like a jig. I did. Sorry. Okay. So, uh, Jerry and Patty were at... Uh, you shaked your boobies, though. I kind of like that. Really? <laughs> All right. Continue. Really? I'm done. Oh, my God. So, Jerry and Patty were at a party. Patty stated, quote, We weren't going to be long, and they were going to stay home. Jacob, Trevor, and Aaron wanted to go to the Tom Thumb convenience store to rent a movie. Yeah. So Jacob is 11, Trevor is 10, and Aaron, I believe, is also 11. Okay. So they called Patty at the party, and she was like, no, dumbasses, no. It's yeah. like 9 o'clock at night. Right. So they did what any other child would do. They hung up and then called back and asked for their dad. <laughs> so Jerry gets on the phone and they tell him that they promise to wear reflective clothing, carry a flashlight, and they will stay together. Yeah. They will also get the neighbor to come over and babysit Cameron because she was only eight. Mm. So, of course, Jerry's like, yeah, I don't yeah. care. Go ahead, dude. That's dad's. Yes. <laughs> so I'm, I've been guilty of that a few times. A few times? <laughs> a few times today. Yeah. So we're suckers. What are you going to do? I know. So the boys rode their bikes the almost one and a half miles to the convenience store. They went to the convenience store. They rented the naked gun. Oh, yes. Got some snacks and were riding home. So they were riding down a dark street when suddenly a man wearing a mask and holding a gun jumped out in front of them. He told the three boys to get off their bikes and lie face down in the gutter on the road. Mm. He then asked them their ages. When Trevor said he was 10, he told Trevor to run into the woods and not to look back or he'd shoot. Jesus. He then told Jacob and Aaron to both turn around so he could see their faces. Yeah. He told Aaron to run into the woods and not look back or he'd shoot. Mm. He then grabbed Jacob and took off. When Trevor and Aaron reached the woods, they turned around, and Jacob and the man were already gone. Mm, Jesus. So Trevor and Aaron ran the last half mile home. Yeah. Uh, to the babysitter. Her name is Rochelle. She went and got her dad, who called 911, and who called Jacob's parents. Right. It took police just six minutes to get to the scene of the abduction. Wow. So That's... they were fucking on it. Yeah. Okay. The search by helicopter and officers on foot began immediately. Wow. Immediately. That's pretty impressive, mm -hmm. especially back then. Yeah. I mean, mm -hmm. when we would call for a helicopter. No, it was out like that night. Man, we, so, we would have to. I wait, mean, I'm sure. Yeah, because it was either 
I think we had two helicopters, if I'm not mistaken. Some of the guys would know better. I think Chicago we used a couple times, mm-hmm. and then like through county, but they're the the helicopter is stationed. I want to say like in countryside, I believe. Really? Yeah. That's weird. So it would a couple times we called them out, but I mean it, it would be about a half an hour, forty five minutes. Wow. Yeah. No, they they were out like immediately. Um, by the way, if you hear Leah open the door, she's going to get my phone out of the car. Oh, okay. So, uh, a sheriff, he when he made the statement, he was the actual county sheriff, but at the time he was just a, a deputy. Yeah. He stated, "quote Everybody thought that within a few hours we would get it taken care of." Yeah. It's not what happened. On October twenty third, nineteen eighty nine, the FBI joins the sh- search. They sent 20 agents to um, be assigned to the case by the 26th. So they had 20 agents out within three days. Which is pretty common. Yeah. October 24th, or excuse me, October 23rd again, tire tracks and possible shoe prints were found at the scene. They weren't super significant, kind of hard to see, but enough that they paid attention in. Yeah. took pictures and everything like that. So, like, the cops were, when it comes to the actual abduction, they were on it. Yeah. Completely on it. When it comes to the person of interest, epic fucking failure. Mm. So, on October 24th, 1989. And, and this is kind of, I don't mean to cut you off, but it cases like this are rare. Because usually... Stranger abductions are, are Stranger, rare. yeah. Pe- people don't realize that, but they are very rare. Less they than, do happen. But it's less than 20% of all child abductions is done by a stranger. Yeah. I want to say Kel City just had a recent one. Really? That they went federally and, and got convictions. No shit. I don't believe there was any relation, but like usually it's it's someone yeah. they know. So nine times out of ten, it's either a family member yeah. or a close friend of the family. Yep. Less than 20% of all child abductions are by an actual stranger. Yep. And 73% of all child abductions end in murder within three hours. Yeah, I could believe that. So I, I was reading a lot about it with the Duality case. Yeah, So. yeah. So on October 24th, 1989, an FBI expert in psychological profiles suggests that the abductor is, quote, likely a white loner with a physical deformity who committed a similar crime in his past. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I don't think you need an expert to... No. (laughs) No. State that. It's definite escalation. Yeah. I mean, you can see that already. Yeah. So October 25th of 1989, uh, prayer vigil draws in over 500 people to the St. Joseph Church. The sheriff says investigators are sure the abduction involves a sex offender who has likely left the area and suggests that Jacob could be dead. Mm-hmm. On October 26th, 1989, a current affair with Maury. Whoa. Maury Povich, who had the same color gray hair. Yeah, and probably the same zip-up little turtleneck. No, he was in like a suit, though. Actually, what? 
So uh, he totally dyes his hair. Do now. you remember that show, Current Affair? Yeah, it was awesome. I didn't know Maury hosted. Yeah, that yeah, that's, that was like his first gig. Wow. Yeah. Mm. So he does a national report about Jacob. Uh, at the same time, Minneapolis and St. Paul businesses offer a one hundred thousand dollar reward. Wow. On October 27, 1989, Governor Rudy Perpich activates the National Guard, State Patrol, and the Department of Natural Resources to search a 700-square-mile area. Wow. That's impressive. I'm telling you, they were on it yeah, when it comes to this. That is very impressive. So November 1st of 1989, friends, family, and members of the town formed Friends of Jacob Wetterling Center. Yeah. So this was like the call center, kind of like command post, yeah, basically. Yeah, for hotline tips. Right. So. Um, it also turned into like a mailing center because yeah. they started a mailing campaign to notify hospitals, truck stops, social agencies, and others about the abduction. Yeah. More than 1,000 people out of a town of 4,000 volunteered. That's awesome. And over a million flyers were sent around the country. That's awesome. Which is insane. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is. <laughs> like, now you don't you, fuck. Yep. So, November 6th of 1989, investigators release a sketch of a man believed to have been in the Tom Thumb store the night of the abduction. Now... He's a passable person of interest, and this is why they released the sketch, because they said he was in the store, but they didn't really suspect it was him. Yeah, but they still want to talk to him. They need to find him. Yeah. Right. And a lot of customers remember him because he was, like, mean mugging people. Yeah. So. Well, like you on every single day. Like, I'd be fucked. (laughs) I know. If that's all it takes. Yeah. (laughs) It was this lady in her face. I know. Jeez. (laughs) So he was described as a white male in his 50s, 200 pounds with white hair. November 9th of 1989, the Wetterlings record an interview with Geraldo Rivera. Oh, I remember. Who I don't like. I don't like him. Uh, he had uh, some episodes on his shows were pretty good. Oh, he bothered me. Uh, maybe know. his mustache. I don't know. He, yeah. just, he just bothered me. Thank you, Leo. Did you really change the picture to your face? <laughs> Look at that. Well, that's our girl. Oh, my God. <laughs> Good job, Leo. Thank you, Leah. So, <laughs> November 12th me of 1989, two more sketches are released. Uh, one is... Was that the doorbell? No, that's me. Oh, I was like, I thought our doorbell was broke. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> oh, it works now. Wouldn't that, I'd be like, what the yeah, fuck? Yeah, if it just I was just working? like, what the hell? I know. All right, so November 12th of 1989, two more sketches are released. One is of a man who was heard talking about the abduction in that convenience store two weeks after it happened. Yeah. And the other one is of a man suspected of trying to kidnap a boy in New Brighton, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. So... The investigators say that the two match the previous sketch from the 6th, and they kind of used, um, like, they all kind of look the same. They don't. Yeah. And I'm, I'm and we've talked about this. Sketches are. I'm just not big on sketches. Eyewitness. Everyone it's... has a different mm-hmm. 
view, a yeah. different perception, and I, I yeah. just don't. And I mean, right I now, this testimony to begin with, I have a huge issue with. It, it's not reliable. And yeah. I, our criminal justice system runs so deeply on it, which is or depends on to it. Me. So yeah, and it's. It is so unreliable, it it's is. not even funny. Because at this point, too, the sketches that they're releasing aren't necessarily who they think are suspects. They're just persons of interest. Right, right. And, and I get it. They want... You got to find them. You got to yeah, talk to them. Exactly. You got to talk to them so, to see what they know. Yeah. But uh, I'm not big on sketches. I'm... So November 20th, 1989, uh, six Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension agents and five FBI agents are taken off the case. So it kind of starts to slow down. Yeah. Which sucks. But. Yeah. So November 30th of 1989, another sketch is released. Mm. Investigators consider this to be a better sketch, combining aspects of all three previous sketches. Okay. <laughs> They all look the same. Yeah. Uh, um, December 13th of 1989, FBI agents go and meet with Jared. Remember the original boy? Yeah. To create a sketch of a man who, of the man who kidnapped him. Okay. Because it's only 20 minutes from where Jacob is. Right. So really that's their only lead is that there was another assault the county over. Basically. Yeah. Yeah. So investigators believe that the cases are possibly connected. The sketch that is created from Jared's interview bears a striking resemblance to a man named Danny Heinrich to his mugshot. Yeah. So Danny Heinrich was named as a suspect in Jared's kidnapping and assault almost immediately. He's named as a suspect, not just... Almost immediately. Not just a person of right, interest. Right, oh, In man. In Jared's assault. Yeah, okay. that, would, uh, that would not fly today. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> that would not fly. So uh, he often wears fatigues and is in the National Guard. He joined the National Guard in 1982. Uh, Jared actually picked him out of a lineup. Oh, well, okay. Picked there him and go. another gentleman. I don't know why they had him picked twice, but they he picked... Heinrich out of a, a lineup. Okay. Well, there you go. There's PC. So here's where, like, the first epic fuck-up happens. The vehicle description is not exact. Jared remembers there being a luggage rack on yeah. the guy's car who kidnapped him. Yeah. And Heinrich doesn't have a luggage rack on his car. So because of that, we're assuming it's obviously not written down anywhere. Yeah. They kind of backed off of him. As a suspect. Like a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know if I would... He still picked him out. That's so exactly it. I don't know if I would completely back off of him. They... I, yeah. Yeah. That was like yeah, their first... Yeah. No. Okay. So... He, he's still got to be there in the picture. So December 16th of 1989, Heinrich is interviewed by the FBI for the first time. He says he can't remember where he was the days of either kidnapping and has no knowledge of either kidnapping. Yeah. He said he lived at 121 Washburn Avenue in Painesville until November 1989 when he moved in with his father. Hmm. Same time. Now, from 1986 to 1987, there were eight assaults 
and seven boys. One boy got assaulted twice. Eight assaults and seven boys between the ages of 12 and 16. Wow. This involved a man in a mask jumping out from behind a bush and groping these boys, either over or under their clothes. Yeah. So he would grope them and then threaten violence. Jesus. And I'm not talking just like, oh, I'm going to beat you up. Like, if somebody finds out who I am, I will blow your fucking brains out. Right. So he told the person who assaulted Jared told him that if anybody gets close to finding out who I am, I will come back and kill you. Jesus. Yeah. So the the kid was 12. Well, yeah. He said he slept Terrified. on his parents' floor for over a year because he just couldn't get over it. I could believe that. So January 8th of 1990, which by the way, I wrote 1989 for the entire thing. Yeah. And didn't realize I was doing that going over a span of like 10 <laughs> fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> So, Painesville Police Chief Robert Sheminsky tells um, the investigators who are doing Jacob's case that Heinrich is a suspect in the year-long attacks in Painesville. Yeah. So, again, he's a suspect. He's not a person of interest. Hmm. Okay? Yeah. January 12th of 1990, Heinrich is interviewed again. Okay. This time he gives investigators a pair of, they say tennis shoes. I wrote gym shoes because we don't fucking say tennis shoes here in the Midwest. We say gym shoes. Yeah. And he gave samples of body hair. Why he's doing this and not having an attorney. <laughs> and he doesn't. I mean, he doesn't. Good for the police, but I mean, how stupid. You're a brazen fuck. You're an idiot. Mm-hmm. Well,. I mean, criminals are stupid. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So, Jacob's mom, in, in an interview to the Pioneer Press, says, quote, You have to get tunnel vision. My kid's alive. We have to bring him home and we'll, we'll make it work from there. Yeah. His parents throughout this whole thing are fucking heartbreaking. Really? They. Well, yeah, I could imagine. They hold out hope for so long. Yeah. Which is, it's it's heartbreaking to hear his mom. Yeah. So, on January 15th of 1990, Heinrich allows investigators to take the rear tires off of his blue 1982 Ford hatchback. Wow. Okay. That was the car he was driving at the time of Jacob's kidnapping. Yeah. Law enforcement was able to track down the car that Heinrich was driving at the time of Jared's assault. It was repossessed two months after the incident, so they found it and impounded it. This part, I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) January 16th of 1990, they bring Jared to where the impounded vehicle is and have him get in. What? Yes. He sits in the impounded vehicle and tells law enforcement it really feels like the car he was abducted in. (laughs) I'm sorry, do you uh, want him to fucking hang himself? Yeah. What are you doing? I, I mean, not just that. But what? It, what? I, I don't understand what purpose that no, would serve no, at all. None. None. Man. Other than trauma. Yeah, other than completely fucking him in the head even yeah. more. I can't believe if... Now, hindsight is twenty twenty, and it was 1990, and... I know his parents were just trying to, you know, and they don't know any better. But I would be like, uh, no. fuck and you. Yeah. 
No. Sorry. No. There was a point, though, that they were interviewing Jared. And they were like, you know, you could be the link to finding Jacob. And they made him cry. And his, oh, yeah. his mom. Put pressure on yeah, him. Yeah. His mom was like, fuck you guys. You're done. Yeah. Like, we're done. We're leaving. No. See. Well, so she went all mama bear. You have cops like that who fucking kill it for the rest of us. The kid's 13. Yeah. So, and by the way, I read the court transcripts of his assault. Yeah. Jesus fucking Christ. Bad. Oh my God. Awful. Awful. Have a sip. I'm gonna. (laughs) So, the same day, January 16th, 1990... The Wetterlings announced plans to establish the Jacob Wetterling Foundation, which they did. Um, but it's now named the Jacob Wetterling Resource Center. Yeah. They planned on opening it with the mission to educate the public about who takes children, how they do it, and what everyone can do to stop it. Their job was to work to prevent crimes against children. So, like, four months later, they want yeah. to do this? Like, these people are such good people. Yeah. I would be murdering somebody. Right? You know? Like, I don't think I'd be thinking to start a foundation. No. I wouldn't. And we read about it all the time. I know. You know? (laughs) You people are just, you're better than us. Yeah. Way better. Yeah. So, January 23rd, 1990, a search warrant is obtained for 16021 County Road 124 in Painesville, Minnesota. This is Heinrich's father's house where he's now living. Okay. So he says he moved there in November of 1989. Family members testified that he moved there in October of 89. So the kidnapping was in October. Yeah. So that's kind of where the significance is. Yeah. On January 24th, 1990, the search warrant is executed. They are looking for Jacob, his clothing, a gun, or documents, and yeah. or documents, I should say. They seized two police scanners, a portable scanner carrying case, scanner documents, black boots, brown caps, and camouflage clothes. Oh, okay. Heinrich said he was most likely home the day Jacob was abducted and not in St. Joseph. The investigators also find a trunk containing two photos of two different children. Ooh. One of the photos, the child is wrapped in a towel but not exposed. Yeah, but that's still... And the other photo, the child is in his underwear, but not exposed. Oh, there you go. But it's not enough to arrest him. They're not exposed. (sighs) Yeah. That's tough. So Heinrich objects to the photos being seized by the police. Yeah. And because photos were not in the search warrant, they can't take them. Where were they? They were in a trunk. Yeah, they're not in plain sight. Yeah. So they can't take him. Yeah. So Heinrich burned him. Well, he's smart. They should have fucking wrote that search warrant better. He he was smart about two pictures. Just wait. I mean, when I would write search warrants, I wasn't the best at them, but you add as much. Everything. Yep. And it's so funny because later on, when I was like writing down something about a search warrant, I'm like, "Mm, they're not going to be get that nope they didn't put it in the fucking search warrant nope unless they fucking put like a box or you know or if they seize that box and then wrote a search warrant on that to get in right to get in it right but they didn't and he Mm. didn't let them take the pictures and heinrich burned them 
Yeah, yep. So I don't, I don't know what to say other than he that that was smart on his part. Yeah, it's but he's he's very he's very brazen. He is. Yeah. So on January 26th of 1990, Heinrich agrees to appear in a lineup when he comes to the police station to pick up his tires because they're done with him now. Yeah. Come get your shit. Yeah. So he appears in the lineup with five other white males. Jared is unable to identify Heinrich, rating him a four and another gentleman at a seven on a scale of one to ten similarity. I don't even but know this what the scale is. Like one, it doesn't look like him. Ten, no, it looks I, like him. I yeah. get it, but that's not how we did it. No, it's either yes or no. It's a year later. You know, the kid's yeah. fucking traumatized. You've made him sit in the goddamn car right. again. So Right. Um, FBI also tells the investigators on the same day that the Sears SuperGuard response tires from the Ford are consistent with the tire tracks, but not an exact match hmm. from the crime scene. On January 30th of 1990, the FBI removes six more agents, leaving nine. I still mm. feel like that's like a shit ton, that right? That still is a lot. Yeah. yeah. February 9th of 1990, FBI tells investigators they found a fiber on Jared's clothing that had similar microscopic and optical properties as the fibers taken from the mercury topaz that uh, Jared was assaulted in. Interesting. What? Oh, boy. Heinrich is arrested in connection with Jared's kidnapping and sexual assault. Yay, right? Right. No. He denies any involvement, refuses to talk, and invokes his right to an attorney. Right. Now, when they arrested him, they arrested him at like 1130 at night. Yeah. In a bar, intoxicated. Ugh. And they talked to him. And the person who interviewed him was somebody literally right out of the academy who had never interviewed a homicide suspect. Oh, my God. So they booked him. And he's intoxicated while you're talking mm -hmm. to him. They they booked him, and he spent the night and was released the next day. That interview is gone. So the, like I said, the guy that interviewed him was a brand spanking new guy i mean not just that you can't you can't interview somebody drunk you intoxicated at all right so it's it's gonna be tossed out the profilers also told the detective that was interviewing him well he doesn't fit the profile we don't think it's him so the detective was like okay and they fucking let him go wow so he was wow. released the next day with no charges per the assistant Stearns County attorney, Pat Strom. Yep. On February 17th, 1990, 200 people gather to celebrate what would have been Jacob's 12th birthday. Mm. They also gathered to formally launch the Jacob Wetterling Foundation. Yeah. And the focus, uh, it's going to focus on the prevention and elimination of stranger abductions of children. Mm. So we didn't go Patty and Jerry. Yeah. Better fucking people than me. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, that's that's a big deal. Huge. And you know what? I was, um, like, clicking around. It's st- it's open. It's still open. Good. It's, it's very much in business, I guess, yeah. for lack of better terms. But it's, like, a huge thing in Minnesota. That's awesome. So April 13th of 1990, FBI reports to the investigators 
that a shoe, shoe print at the crime scene corresponds to Heinrich Wright's shoe, but it can't be determined to be an exact match because there's insufficient detail. Okay. So now we're going all the way to October. Yeah. October 22nd, 1990. A thousand people gather to commemorate the first anniversary of Jacob's abduction. Wow. A thousand people. Which I hate to use the word anniversary. Yeah, that's... Yeah. Ugh. Uh, February... But what else are you going to use? You yeah, know, I know. That's... So now we're going forward again. Yeah. February 8th of 1981. Property is seized from Heinrich's father's home, or the property that was seized, excuse me, yeah. in the search of his father's home was returned to him. Yeah. And the case officially goes cold. No. So now this is where the good comes out of this. Yeah. So this is a little bit long-winded, but I feel like people need to know this. So May 24th of 1991, United States Senator Dave Durenberger proposes a national registry of people who have committed crimes against children. It's fucking excellent. This proposal would become known as the Jacob Wetterling Act. Yep. Jerry and Patty, through the Jacob Wetterling Foundation, helped push Minnesota policymakers to change the fact that Minnesota law enforcement did not have a comprehensive list of sex offenders. Yep. Now, at this point in time, only a handful of states had this, like maybe five states. Mm Mm-hmm. 39 states followed suit. Fucking excellent. As soon as this was passed. Fucking excellent. September 13th of 1994, Congress passes the Jacob Wetterling Crimes Against Children and Sexually Violent Offender Registration Act and Child Safety Act. It was part of a larger crime bill called the Federal Violent Crime Control and Law Enforcement Act of 1994. It just got chills. This is, yeah. That's awesome. So this now requires any person convicted of a criminal offense against a minor or who is convicted of a sexually violent felony to register with police for 10 years after release from prison, parole, or probation. Yep. And if they don't, in Illinois, it's a felony. Yes. Which is awesome. So now at this point in time, though, the law permits but does not require the police to tell the community where such offenders are living. Uh, Now, this becomes a huge thing. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, 
We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Thing Because they found out that in between the route from the convenience store to um, Jacob's home, yeah. three houses with Ooh. three different sex offenders. Yeah. So in 1996, Amber Alerts are initiated. That's awesome. They are created, or it was created, to inform the public of cases of potentially abducted children. So Amber, the Amber part of the Amber Alert, stands for America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response. Yep. So this alert was named after Amber Hagerman, a nine-year-old girl who was abducted and murdered in Arlington, Texas in January of 1996. So it's horrific. It, it is. But something good came out yes. of it. Yes. A much needed. Yeah. Good. So this is an emergency alert system used to ask the public for help in finding abducted children. We all know. We've gotten it on our phones. Yep. You know. So the, the last few have actually been... Close. <laughs> in my old town that I used to work yes, in. Yes, and you know what? I When I Googled Amber Alert, it yeah. was like the third story down. Yep. So now today, the Amber Alert system is being used in all 50 states. Yep. The District of Columbia, Indian country, which is um, like Native Americans with their land. Oh, okay. So like reservations? Yes. The, yes. Thank you. Yeah. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Because I know they have like their own police they department, do. They reservation do. Yeah. police, and and stuff. So, so. they're using it. Puerto See, Rico. If you, if you watched Yellowstone, you would know. Oh my god. Uh, U.S. Virgin Islands and thirty-three other countries. Good. As of April two thousand twenty-one, one thousand sixty-four children have been successfully recovered because of the Amber Alert system. That's awesome. Amazing. That's awesome. So, also in 1996, Jacob's Law is amended by Megan's Law. Now, Megan's Law requires law enforcement agencies to make information available to the public regarding registered sex offenders. Yep. At a federal mm -hmm. level, Megan's Law requires persons convicted of sex crimes against children to notify law enforcement of any address change or employment after released from custody of prison or a psych hospital. Yep. In my my old town, I mean, I got to give them props. And the sergeant, I'm not going to say his name, but the sergeant who was in charge of it, I mean, he stayed on top of it. Mm -hmm. And he did a fucking phenomenal job. Yeah. And once a year, we would go around and do checkups. And yeah. I mean, we we wouldn't play. The only thing with, with Amber Alert is... I feel like sometimes the uh, requirements to get it out there yeah, are, are a, a little, little much. Yes, like, yes, they are. Okay, so you have a 13-year-old who's gone missing. Why don't we just assume that they've been snatched versus ran away? Yeah, I, know, it's I, I remember I money. had a case that it could have, and I had a hard time getting an yeah. Amber Alert. Wow, that was loud I know as fuck. Was. Holy shit. Um, Still not a beer, guys. <laughs> Just saying. No, it's only her 10th fucking monster. Mm. Um, but I had a case where I was trying to get an Amber Alert. Yeah. And I had a hard time. It's, but it's hard. the phone company, <clears throat> thank God they were great. And it pinpointed, it did a live pinpoint. Yeah. 
and she was found i can't remember what state it was out east but Mm -hmm. she was at a truck stop and the state police you know dispatched right away and and ended up finding her it's it's amazing what they can do now oh yeah so um this megan's law also required um excuse me the notification requirement can be imposed for a fixed period of time which is usually 10 years yeah or permanently now some states require registration for all sex crimes it doesn't have to be just against minors but it's state by state it varies yeah and now you have violent crime or violent criminals Mm -hmm. who have to register as well So in 2003, uh, a witness came forward saying that he inadvertently drove through the crime scene where Jacob was abducted that night. So now the investigators are saying, well, maybe it was someone on foot. Yeah. So in 2004, they turned their attention back to a gentleman named Dan Rossier. Mm -hmm. He was a teacher who was a neighbor of the Wetterlings. Mm. And it was his driveway that Jacob was abducted from. Oh. So the night of the abduction, he noticed flashlights by a large wood pile. They lived on a farm. Yeah. So he called 911 thinking it was trespassers. And the dispatcher was like, no, there's been a kidnapping. Like, that's the police up there. So he goes outside and he spoke with a deputy. Saw about 10 officers scouring the property. He looked around a little bit and then went inside. Was like, I was just going to let them do their thing, you know? Well, because he didn't have an immediate reaction to the abduction, he became scrutinized. Really? Immediately. Mm. So by like the whole town. Jesus. So the next morning after the abduction, uh, this guy's principal was interviewed because like I said, he was a teacher. A week later, the police searched his home and gave him a polygraph test, which he passed. Polygraph? I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> Several weeks Dear later, Lord. he was hypnotized. Oh, God. Here we go. Yeah. Um, so in 2004, because this was all in 19, 1989 after the abduction. Yeah. So in 2004, they interviewed him again. Yeah. Now, he... That nothing comes from the interview. Right. And this poor guy's like fucked. Yeah. So, because now we're going on how many years people yeah. suspect him. They just want an answer. They're going to pin it on whoever, whoever they can. Whoever, yeah. Right. So, at this point now, Patty does an interview with the New York Times about nine years after the abduction. She said that she would sit on the living room couch in the middle of the night looking out the window for Jacob. Oh, Jesus. Quote, I still, deep in my heart, believe it's possible that he's alive. Sometimes I look out the window and expect to see him come running up the driveway. It's heartbreaking. Yeah. Like, she's still, it's nine years later. Uh, I mean, I, I'd probably do the same thing. I, I couldn't even imagine being I, in I, that. Yeah. I don't even want to think about being in that. I can't even that. imagine it, too. And, I mean, she has three other children that she has to take yeah. care of. and. How do you function? <sighs> I don't, I don't even know. How the know. fuck do you function? So, in 2005, the U.S. Department of Justice begins the National Child Abduction Response Team. So, this is an initiative to prepare multi-agency law enforcement teams, like task force, yeah, to quickly respond to incidents involving missing, endangered, or abducted children. Mm-hmm. 
July 27th of 2006, Jacob's Law is once again amended by the Adam Walsh Child Protection and Safety Act. Oh, Adam Walsh. So this organizes offenders into three tiers according to the severity of their crime. Yeah. So the tiers, the severity of the crime determines what tier they fall under, which determines what the requirements are for notifying police and everything like that. And Adam Walsh was the child of John Walsh, right? Yeah. So because of this too now, a national sex sex offender registry was created. Yep. Nationwide, available, state to state. Yep. This was named after Adam Walsh, who was abducted from a Florida mall and later found murdered. His father, John Walsh, founded the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children, and then went on to host America's Most Wanted. Who I almost got to meet. Yeah. Now, this bill was signed by George W. Bush on the 25th anniversary of Adam's abduction. Oh, wow. July 1st of 2010, Dan Rossier's property is searched again. Yeah. This time they brought backhoes and dug the fuck out of his yard. They took six dump truck loads of dirt, a patio umbrella umbrella stand, a cedar chest, see they learned, trunk, mm -hmm, uh, and a box containing Wetterling-related newspaper clippings. You learned from your mistakes. I did. I won't even tell you about, uh, I, I think I told you about my search warrant that went bad. Mm-hmm. And Whoops. I, I learned, learned from it. You won't do it again. I can't even tell you the amount of drugs that yeah. got tossed. Whoops. But I, I fucking learned from it, and I owned up to it. it and was they my learned mistake. from it, you yeah. know. I was a young cop. No one fucking showed me. Yeah. So September 28th of 2010, the sheriff's office announces that the lab tests that were run on everything that came from the Rossier home in July produced zero evidence connecting him to Jacob's abduction. Yeah. July 18th of 2012, the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension reports that they have obtained a DNA profile from the wrist of the sweatshirt worn by Jared during his attack. Interesting. Okay. It contained DNA DNA from two people. Jared could not be excluded, but the predominantly male DNA does not match Jared's either. Hmm. So they report that 99.5% of the general population of the world can be excluded. Mm -hmm. Don't have a match yet. Right. July 10th of 2015, so now three years later. Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension reports the prominent male DNA on Jared's sweatshirt matches the DNA in the hair samples taken from Heinrich in 1990. No shit. Quote, the predominant profile would not be expected to occur more than once among unrelated individuals in the world's population. Wow. It's him. It's, yeah. Yeah. So in 2014, they had a baseball hat from one of the 1987 Painesville attacks. His DNA matched that also. No shit. So 1989 to 2015. Holy When they fucking had him. They had him. Yeah. They had him the whole time. Yeah. And he's giving you stuff. Yeah. Like he's voluntarily giving you his shit. What an idiot. But fuck. I mean... Yeah. 
Um, so trigger warning, real quick. Uh, July 28th of 2015, Heinrich had at some point moved to Annandale and it's into a small one-bedroom home owned by his father. His search warrant is executed now. Is that still in Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. It's like 20 minutes. They're all, all these towns are like 20 minutes from each other, so okay. he's still in Minnesota. He didn't go far. Okay. So in this search, investigator sees 19 three ring binders containing child pornography. Dear Lord. And I read, again, I read the discovery. Oh my God. Uh, babe, you don't even have to say anything because I've been a part of search warrants yeah. with it and I've seen it and it's, it's. Yep. <laughs> so. You, you, I, I don't even know what to say. Yeah. Like. There's nothing th to say. This is why like cops tend to talk to cops mm -hmm. and because how, how this will fuck you up yeah how am i supposed to tell my good friend and i know i I've, I've said this before i've used this as an example but how do i like tell my friends like oh what did you do today well found a big stash of child porn, right you know right i mean people just they don't, don't get it no yeah. they don't get it they don't understand and i mean this stuff was horrific I, I've seen it. Uh, yeah. So, so I, I get it. So 19 three ring binders containing child pornography, a pair of silver handcuffs, duct tape, camouflage pants and shirts, and four bins filled with boys sized athletic wear. Jesus Christ. There was also, quote, numerous videotapes of what appeared to be secretly recorded footage of neighborhood children delivering newspapers, riding bicycles, playing in public playgrounds, and participating in sports activities. Wow. They also found that he was making his own porn using a 1970s uh, Painesville yearbook. What the fuck? Yeah. So Heinrich tells investigators during the search, he acknowledges that he has child porn. Yeah. And says that some of the things law enforcement would find are, quote, pretty damning. You think? Sir. Yeah. You think? Sir. 19 binders. Is that where you think, you know, it could be damning, that part? Yeah, possibly. Nin 19. <clears throat> 19. So, October what 27th. A, what, what a, a piece of shit. Yeah. yeah. What a fuck. So, October 27th of 2015, a sealed criminal complaint, which turned out to be a very graphic detailed affidavit regarding the child porn that was found yeah was signed by fbi special agent shane ball in the presence of u.s u.s magistrate judge jeffrey j keys yeah heinrich is arrested and charged with 25 counts of child pornography good now april 26th of 2016 Heinrich's attorneys attempt to have the search of his home declared illegal. Hmm. And I knew why, because of listening to you. You would have been really proud of me when I had this epiphany at work. Yeah. It's because um, the, they stated that law enforcement lacked probable cause to believe they'd find child pornography. Yeah. It's not what they were looking for. Exactly. But it was in plain sight, so they could take it. There you go. See, you would have been real You proud do of me. listen to me. And I was the only one back there today. There was nobody to hear me be very excited about this. And are you proud of me? Like, sometimes I do know what the I fuck know. I'm talking about. 
Now, if you need a wiretap, <laughs> I got you. Right. I can write that shit in about 20 minutes. Right. So uh, the judge was like, mm, get fucked. No, it's staying in. Yeah. So August 26th of 2016, a plea deal was reached with the agreement of the Wetterlings and Jared Shreel. I know I'm saying his name wrong. I feel terrible. So they were aware of this plea deal, yeah. which is fucking terrible. But I, I get it. Like sometimes you got to get the little devil to get to the big devil yep. kind of thing. Yep. So the plea deal was he would plead guilty to one federal count of child pornography and be sentenced to 20 years in prison. Mm. Now he's 53 at this point. Yeah. In return, little devil, big devil, he had to publicly admit the details of Jacob's murder and the location of his body. He also had to publicly uh, admit to the kidnapping and assault on Jared. Now, he can't be prosecuted for Jared's because the statute of limitations yeah. has been up. Which, why is there a statute of limitations on kidnapping and sexual assault of a fucking child? I know. Why? Don't ask me. I, I don't know what that reason is. I know in the past few years, Illinois has changed. Whatever reason it is, it's fucking stupid. Yeah, I know. Stupid. I know. So now, in exchange for him publicly admitting... I mean, that's not as bad of, of a plea deal as I thought. He's not getting charged with murder. Okay, that's as bad. Yeah. Yeah. What the Little fuck? devil, big devil. But the Wetterlings wanted... They wanted Closure. Jacob. Yeah. They wanted Jacob. And that was I get it. the deal that they made, was that he would not be charged for the kidnapping and murder of Jacob, but he had to tell them where he was. But he's still 20 years. Still has 20 years, and he's in federal, 53. So right. you got, what, 80, is it 80% or 75% federal that you got to do? Yeah. So Well, that and um, child rapists don't do well in prison. Yeah. So... Um, okay, so again, trigger warning. Mm -hmm. August 31st of 2016, Heinrich shows investigators where Jacob is. Oh, boy. He was buried at a farm just outside of Painesville, so about 30 miles from his house. Yeah. September 1st of 2016, the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension recovered human bones. The Wetterlings... Patty and Jerry were on the scene while they were digging. Yeah. They were able to identify Jacob's red jacket. Oh, God. That was buried with the bones. I, I couldn't even fucking imagine. I'm, look at Look at my arm. Yeah. Ramsey County medical examin examiner and a forensic odontologist positively ID'd the remains as Jacob. Yeah. Patty stated, quote, Jacob has been found, and our hearts are broken. She also, the family, put out as a statement from the two of them, quote, we didn't want Jacob's story to end this way. Our hearts are heavy, but we are being held up by all of the people who have been a part of making Jacob's hope a light that will never be extinguished. Yeah. Jacob, you are loved. Yeah. Um, I can't even, like, I, I can't. I don't even want to think about that. No. Being in that kind of situation. Yeah. And I mean, she she held out hope. 
Yeah. Twenty-seven years. Man. She held out hope. So September sixth of twenty sixteen. Heinrich confesses to the kidnapping and assault of Jared. And then he goes into detail about Jacob. Yeah. So he says that he let the two boys go. Yeah. And then grabbed Jacob, put him in the car, and handcuffed him to the car. Mm -hmm. He then drove him to a gravel pit near Painesville, all the while making him duck down when he heard police sirens or would hear them talking about it on the scanner. Because he had a police scanner in his car. Yeah. He takes him to this gravel pit and he horrifically molests him. Heinrich then allows him to get dressed after he said he was cold. Jacob said he wanted to go home. I can't look at you because I'll start crying. Jacob said he wanted to go home and asked Heinrich if he was taking him home. Heinrich said, I said, quote, I can't take you all the way home. And he started to cry. I said, don't cry. Mm. Heinrich stated at some point a passing patrol car with the lights and sirens on drove nearby and it caused him to panic. He pulled out his revolver that at the time was unloaded and loaded it with two rounds. He told Jacob to turn around and he put the gun to his head and pulled the trigger. Nothing happened. He then fired two more shots. Jacob fell to the ground after the second shot. Heinrich said he then went home for a couple hours and then returned back to bury Jacob's body. He buried him about 100 yards from the gravel pit where he molested him. Jesus. He returned to the site a year later, which there's, he doesn't give a reason for. Yeah. And found that Jacob's jacket and some of his bones were exposed. Mm. He said, quote, I gathered up as much as I could and put it in the bag and transported it across the highway. He then went to a field and reburied the remains where they then found him. Yeah. So then Patty states after the guilty plea, quote, it's incredibly painful to know his last days, last hours, last minutes. To us, Jacob was alive until we found him. Which, fuck. (laughs) Gut-wrenching. So while all of this was happening... Patty became an advocate for children's safety. She is now a chair member on the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. And her advocacy focuses on protecting children from abduction and abuse. That's awesome. So. That's awesome. That is the horrific story of Jacob Letterly. It is horrific, but So much good came out of it. Yeah. So much needed good. Right, and not just his, you know, the little girl Amber and Megan and and Adam. Yeah. I mean, and those were all, those were all stranger abductions. So, like, for them to be, you know, they all came together, like, Texas to Florida to to Minnesota. Yeah. But horrific. Yeah, that was a tough one. Yeah. That was definitely a tough one, but good has come out of it, Mm -hmm. and that's what we need to think about. Yeah. So, I just, it, it baffles me. Yeah. That they had him. Yeah. They had him the whole motherfucking time. They had him before he kidnapped Jacob. That's, babe, that's usually how. I know. (laughs) These cases end up. 
They they had we him just before Jacob. We we know who it is. We just don't have enough to prove it at the time. Yeah. You know, so it's it's sad. Oh, but, they had him. Yep. That's what kills me. But let's get happy now. Yeah. Let's get happy because that good came out of it. But seriously, over a thousand kids being found because of Amber Alert. That's fucking, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. So awesome. I just I wish they would make the the stipulations for it a little less easier. strict. Yeah. yeah. Easier to get. Like I think it, well, they just don't want bullshit calls. Which I understand. You know, they and don't I want know... the typical teenage runaway, right. which I would get all the fucking I know, time. I know. You know. And I mean, you know, if you have a, a kid who has never run away before and the parents are like this no this isn't normal this isn't normal like i know my child my child is not going to do this like i would rather spend the time money and energy to find out that the kid did fucking run away right than find the kid dead yeah you know i agree i agree so all right well that was heart-wrenching yeah yeah um i was up till two yeah you were i was why don't you uh let's change the subject quickly so So i'm gonna do the um new york case okay um i also remembered to bring my shit home from work good job good job um because i'm an idiot so i think i i think everyone should vote if we should oh, have Jesus if we Christ. should end our show with an urban dictionary word of the day or show whatever so comment if you think we should cuz i think we should what better way to end end a show than with the word felch yeah we could teach people a new word. Right, because that's the teachings of Jamie and Mark. Exactly. Yeah, we could be what, like fucking prophets yes, of Urban Dictionary. What, what better way to end it? So I think yes. Oh, my God. Jamie doesn't want to. I, I, mean, I think you people should vote. I, yeah. I mean, all the dudes are going to vote. Yes. So, whatever. But there's more females that follow us. There so. is. And if they're anything like me and 90% of my friends, yeah, we're going to end up doing this. So, <laughs> yes, we are. Just saying. <laughs> so we have our second Patreon. Yes, we do. Violet. Violet. Thank you. Thank you. That's awesome. As much as we ruined her with the Chris Watts case. <laughs> right. We ruined each other, Violet. Ruined each other. So, but please, you can uh, any other case you want to hear, you please t- let us know. I so, and I'm, I will give you an autograph. Oh my god! <laughs> so I'm gonna keep working on um, West Memphis three, but I think I need to um, back away from the kids. Yeah. For a little bit, cause uh, uh yeah, yeah. Past couple have been. Oof. A little tough. A little so, much. Yeah. So, yeah. I get it. I get it. Give me give me like a wife who fucking offs her husband. We'll do a couple of those. Oh, Jesus Christ. How about a husband that fucking kills his wife? Okay. Find me one. All right. I will. I'll do that. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, yeah. I the just, Crest Hill. I, there's not enough, babe. It's still open. It could be a nugget. 
Oh, yeah, it is still, still open. It's still open, so there's, yeah. like, nothing. Well. Find me another one. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll do some digging. Yeah. But. I gotta, I'll look into uh, the New York one today. Okay. So. Cool. That was a request yeah. by one of our Instagram followers. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sorry about the West Memphis 3, but, because I know that was a request too, but I, just, just. Couple days. Yeah, I got to take a step back from kids for a couple days. Yeah, I am soulless <clears throat> and have a black heart, but <laughs> you still have a heart. This one, <laughs> um, I did not anticipate finding the details that I found. Yeah, and it it made me physically ill. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah, I, I I truly didn't think I would like like the Riley Fox case when I was like, I'm not fucking doing that one. I can't. Yeah. I didn't think I was going to find this much shit out. Yeah, so, you did some digging. Yeah, so. it made my stomach hurt. <clears throat> yeah, so we're going to take a break from that for a little while. Yeah, that's fine. Get some good old-fashioned snapped episodes. Yeah, there you go. You know? All right, well, hit us where you, uh, where people can, the peeps can find us. Mm-hmm. Twitter, uh, DDUP Podcast. Instagram, DDUP podcast, underscore podcast. Yes. Sorry. Um, we have our website, which is not updated yet, so don't go to it, but don't tell Mark. <laughs> and then we have Facebook. Yep. Death to us part. Our Gmail, DDUP.1 at gmail.com. And our Patreon. Yes. Which is uh, patreon.com slash Death Do Us Part 1. And we are waiting to hear on our trademark picture. Yes. So hopefully soon. Ben texted me today. Ben is my nephew. Dude, your your phone is in your fucking hand 24-7. It took you three days to answer me? Yeah, he took some time to answer me too. I mean, he's, what, 17? He's a 17-year-old kid. I'll pay you. I know. But he could draw good, and uh, he did a picture for us. So, so do you want to know what I asked him to do? Because <laughs> I'm a dick. What? I asked him if he could put the guy in a wheelchair. <laughs> I'm a douche. And that's our show for today. <laughs> oh, but wait. So Oscar sent me a picture. Yeah. That he's going to have redrawn. Cause, so we were talking about the ribbons on your fucking wheelchair. Yeah. So it's um, Calvin and Hobbes, and they're going down in a wheelchair. But he's like, so we'll put you on Mark's shoulders holding a cup of coffee. And Mark can be in the wheelchair holding a microphone with ribbons, like, flowing in the background. I was like, dude. Oh, that's actually. Make it fucking happen. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Make it happen. Fuck yeah. Yeah. On a t-shirt? Yes. And I'm pulling but Candace gotta, into this too. Like Candace is gonna start making T-shirts. But you got to be like, oh, see, like you need to be like straddling my face. No, yeah. babe. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I mean, you're essentially going for like a mustache ride. Oh my God. Okay, now we're done. <laughs> we're done. <laughs> you love me. Are you? Oh my God. All right. I don't even know what to say. Ozzy's shoes are pink today, by the way. Ozzy Gein, he's uh, he's a snappy dresser. Yeah. Can't understand a word he's fucking saying. Not a fucking word. Nothing. Sox win again, though. They swept. Minnesota. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Played that Uh, one just right, huh? mm Mm-hmm. 
So please keep listening. Yes. Follow, subscribe, like, share. Share the word. We need more followers on Podbean. Yeah. And on Instagram. Yes. We have officially reached 2,000 on Facebook. Yep. So that's the tits. Yep. Um, But we need more on Instagram and Podbean, please. Yeah. Pretty please. And then if you feel so inclined to donate on our Patreon page. Yep. Um, but obviously we're working on some pictures and shit. Yeah, some merchandise. Yeah. And our Patreon girls, they're going to get, you know, their requests mm-hmm. are, are coming first. And Which, by the way, did you get a, a DM from Lola? I, I did. You did? Yeah. Okay. So we'll be looking into that one, too. Yeah. So, Okay. All right. Well, thank you guys. And we will be talking to you soon. Bye. Bye. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park